listening to The Smoking Section, powered by Symphonic. All right, here we are, season five, and I'm excited to have here, uh, we have mutual friends uh, who's going to be on this season. She doesn't know it yet, but she's going to be on this season. <laughs> Good luck with that one, man. You might uh, want to change your podcast to wine. I might. Hey, it will happen. It will <laughs> It will happen. Uh, our friend Lexi Wilson. But no, I have here uh, up and coming artists who I am thrilled to talk to because I am a huge fan of his songs. Um, huge fan. Like, it's really like if you haven't listened to country, look good on you. You're crazy. Um, but anyway, <laughs> Frank I Ray, agree. how are you doing, sir? How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well on this nice. We had snow last week, so I'm, I'm glad to see the sun out. I'm really, yeah. I'm really over this cold weather. I'm not a cold weather person. Oh, me either, man. If you've seen any of my music videos, you can tell. Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like the tropics, man. I like summertime. I like the beach. I love to hang out. Right. Still outside. I cannot do this cold stuff. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm not about it. I'm not about it. Everyone, because I'm from Philly, so everyone looks at me like, well, you should be used to it. No, you're right. I should be used to it. And I, I am used to it, but I hate it. Right. Yeah. I, I hate it. And it's okay to hate it. I just hate the cold. I'd rather, you know, I'd rather come from the West Coast or from, <laughs> from Florida or someplace. <laughs> I've got, yeah, I've got full blown hunting gear uh, that I put on when I need it. Like when I lived back in New Mexico and I'd go up in the mountains or something, it get pretty cold up there, especially January, February, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so I have like full blown coveralls and just, I mean, just decked out. And I, I won't go outside unless I put all of that gear on and then I'll go outside and, 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 and talk. And, and even then I won't stay out very long. It's a uh, good Lord. It's one of those things, man. Everyone looks at me like I'm crazy because, you know, some people get by with just a scarf and a beanie. Not me, dude. I need the full get up. See, I can get by with a scarf and a beanie. Now, my, my grandmother and my mother look at me like I'm crazy when I do that. <laughs> but I can get by with just a scarf and a beanie, even though the cold, the cold down here is a lot different. It's a lot colder down here than it is in Philly. Yep. Uh, mainly because I, I think it's the humidity down here that just makes it a little colder than normal mm-hmm. um, that we don't have in Philly. Um, look at that. What kind, of cigar, what kind of cigar are you over there smoking? Dude, this is one of my favorite sticks. This is a Flor de las Santillas. Ooh. It looks kind of like this. I don't know if you can see it. Here. Yeah. But this this is so smooth, man. It's really good. One of my buddies... Uh, back in New Mexico, turned me on to it. Um, and it was just one of those things that I had never heard of Flor de las Santillas. You know, you hear about your, your, uh, your Olivas or your, uh, Macanudos, or you hear about your Romeo Julieta. Mm-hmm. I mean, you hear about all those Drew Estate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is one that I'd never heard of Flor de las Santillas. And it really stuck on me. And the really cool thing, see, I put this band. Yeah. Uh, on it's just a little ribbon that it comes with at, at the, at the front. Oh, wow. And uh, and it's very, it's just like this really shiny, shimmery kind of crimson looking ribbon. Uh, so if you are ever looking for it and you're ever wondering if, if this is the one, uh, look for that ribbon. You know, this is it. 
we need to uh we we need to get together then in person and and smoke oh, we, please, we're, doing, we're doing this through zoom um obviously in the middle of the pandemic here guys still <laughs> we're doing this through, huh We've been saying that for two years, man. For two years now. For two years. Yeah. <laughs> two years we've been saying we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have to do cigars because we normally do it in a cigar shop. Normally. And yep. we're normally smoking some. I got tequila here. Ah. Got some tequila yeah. here. I didn't bring a glass out, but I've got plenty of tequila here. Let me uh, show you some yeah. Mine. Yeah. This is the good stuff. If you've never had this, that's my that's my job, man. It's just to turn you on to everything. Please, this please is, do. Uh, called Cantera Negra tequila. I've never had that. It's very, very good. It's very good. This is the Añejo. They make a bunch of different variations. Extra Añejo. You know, you got the silvers. You got the reposados uh, and stuff like that. But the Añejo is very good. Super smooth. It doesn't give you that... You know, when people think tequila, they think of that well stuff they get at the bar, you know, and they just make them cringe. This stuff is not like that. It's intended to be enjoyed like you would any other bourbon or or whiskey. Have, or have like you that. have you had uh, have you had the Dwayne Johnson's uh, Terramana? I have, man. I you know, I might this might not might be an unpopular opinion, but I'm not a big fan. Really, big, wasn't a big fan of it. I, I it was a little. Uh, a little more, I guess, a little bitter, in my opinion. I, and I just could be my palate. I don't know. Everyone's different, uh, you know. But I, I, See, when I, that's I have, I, I have yeah. the Apollo opinion. I don't, I don't like uh, Casamigos. Yeah, I mean that's kind of the same thing, man. <laughs> yeah, got a little bit of that. It's in the finish for me. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. In the finish, uh, and Casamigos does make me kind of do that little. It, it's it's smooth, kind of going in, but once it goes down, you like it kind of it kind of burns in all the wrong ways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't it, see my thing. I don't, I, there's a I, there's a hint, hint of uh, vanilla that I don't like at the end of the tequila. Mm, gotcha. For me, gotcha. for me, yeah. it's just like uh, uh, I mean, I'll drink it if it's like the only one that's available. Uh, available and affordable um <laughs> the same way listen I'm, i feel like I, I feel like i'm coming across like some sort of connoisseur not of some sort but listen i'm easy man if they if they had pbr and that's all they had that's all they had i'm gonna drink it I, <laughs> I, I i was raised to never uh turn down a free beer or a free drink doesn't matter what it is see that those are wise words man doesn't wise matter words. what it is so let's talk about here because because you have a unique story because um, I feel like people, the new, the new people listening, hearing, and and listening to you, um, you were a cop. You were a you were a bike cop. <laughs> so so tell me some tell me some crazy stories. I'm gonna get to, I'm gonna get to the country music, but tell me some crazy stories that you had and, and things that you experienced as being a bike cop. Well, and I think when we say bike cop, I should also clarify that it wasn't a motorcycle. Yeah. (laughs) People are going to think that I'm like way cooler than I actually am. There's no. I was going to let you leave that out. I was going to let you have that one. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, No, I'm proud of it, man. I I was Lieutenant Dangle all the way. Short shorts and just, uh, you know, what's cool about the bicycle, right? The bike, which. Which for that certification, you had to go through like a 40 hour class, which I was like, dude, what? 
40 hours wow. to class to learn how to ride a bike. Like I know how to ride a bike, but they teach you different things. They teach you how to shoot off of it. Right. Mounts, uh, you know, change, shifting within gears. There's just a bunch of stuff driving to different terrains. It's pretty cool. You, out in the desert, New Mexico, you kind of go downhill in these mountains, the mm-hmm. Doniana mountains over there. It was really fun and really actually quite intense for a bicycle class, but, uh, but it was cool, man. It was something that you're a lot more stealthy than you would be rolling around in a, in your car or a motorcycle or whatever. Uh, and so I did sneak up on a bunch of different people uh, a couple of times in the known drug district where I'd kind of just cruised into the alleyway and uh, somebody would be lighting up a meth pipe or something, you know, and then I would just be standing there watching them. They would do the deed and they'd look up at me. They're like, Oh no, <laughs> you know, cause they never saw me coming. But the flip side to that is that I had to get them back to a car, you know, if the arrest mm, happened. If the arrest happened. And so I don't know if it was more embarrassing for me that I'd had to walk this person and my bicycle down together to a car. Uh, or if it's more embarrassing for the person that was getting hooked up. I didn't I didn't I, I didn't realize that because you know I, I me, I personally think it's like, well, I would have thought, oh, me, I'm, I'm, kind of, I work, I'm a work smart, not work, like not work hard. Well, I work hard, but you know yeah. what I'm saying, kind of you. guy, you know. Um, so it's like, I would have been like calling like a partner up, like, hey, I need a car to come get this. <laughs> well, that's what I would do. That's what I would do. But sometimes, uh, like especially getting through like an alleyway that's uh, mm. packed or, or whatever, just different ways you can get there. Uh, especially like landmark wise, it, it was easier for me to be able to say like, hey, I'm outside of. Hillrise Elementary, as opposed to right. Hey, make a right, and then right before you get to there, like hang a left in that alleyway. Especially, if, you know, if there was just somebody backing you up. So that did happen, but it was easier landmark-wise to be able to direct an officer to uh, an easier location. We just go right. and then, you know, hook the guy up. You know, take him to booking, and I'll be right there as soon as I ride back to my car. Just ride back to my car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't can't imagine. You know, I was was a cop for 10 years. I did. I I, I certainly have a bunch of stories and I got a lot of life experience out of it. And it was, uh, you know, part of my life that I hold near and dear to my heart. And it's, uh, you know, it's a respect that I gained for law enforcement that, uh, you know, maybe I wouldn't have otherwise had. Who knows? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, But I lived it. It was crazy. So how how does one transition from a cop to a country singer? Oh, that's easy, man. <laughs> you just pick up a guitar, really. That's all it takes. <laughs> uh, no, you know what it is? It's uh, Music has always been a part of my life. I mean, it's just it was just something that I could do. Singing was always something that I could do uh, since I was a kid. My parents, you know, did their best to nourish that, um, you know, whether it was like buying me musical instruments or uh, you know, put me in choir, make sure I was in choir, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always my life's passion. And I always wanted to be in the music industry of, you know, in some capacity, I just didn't really have an angle to get there or any know-how, you know, about how to get my foot in the door. Uh, and I spent 10 years in law enforcement, which is something that, uh, really kind of put the music thing on the back burner. Right. But, um, but I found the need to try to find a healthy outlet, you know, because in that career, you you need it. Right. You need it. You need something. And I, so I always found myself getting drawn back to music. That and, um, you know, I could do the national anthem and stuff. And so the chief of police always had me doing all these uh, events and stuff. Or, or so they, would, they, they would help out completely. 
Oh yeah. 100%. Everybody knew that I could sing. Everybody knew that I wanted to sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, for the time being, I was a cop. Um, but it was like, when I really started getting serious about it, I had enough seniority, uh, in the police department where I had like Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays off. So it was prime gigging days. Um, and so I started writing songs and, um, and that was pretty much it, man. I started writing songs and got with a cousin of mine and said, you know, see if he wanted to play bass. I said, I'm thinking of starting a band in country music and uh, found two other buddies to play guitar and drums. And and uh, and then uh, we started kind of uh, putting a, a thing together, a band together, project, you know, social media and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, people started seriously inquiring if we could play. Um, and so we started playing at some of the local bars. Um, and it really, we just got better with the more we played. It just kind of got, it kind of took on a life of its own, uh, to the point where even when people I would arrest while I was doing my day job, I would be at the bar, you know, one of those nights and they'd recognize me like, hey, you're that cop, right? You're the cop so, that arrests me. Yeah, in some form, yeah, in some form or another, I've always been the singing cop, right? I've always been the singing cop. And, um, it once once I got the taste of the big stage, uh, my band and I had like, we had played a battle of the bands, mm-hmm. uh, competition thing. Right. And, uh, it was for a chance to open up for Keith Urban, like on a Tuesday night, he was driving through and it worked with his routing. So he stopped in Las Cruces, at the Pan American center. And we won that battle. So we got to open up for Keith. And, uh, it was my first time ever tasting the big stage like that with a massive production. And I was like, Holy smokes. And that was just a fire that got lit. All I, say, over. I was about to say, was that was that the moment that it was like that was that was really the moment? Yeah, it was really the moment. I still didn't really know how to get there, but I knew that's what I wanted to do. Right. You know. Um. But you know, as luck would have it, um, my band and I. Sorry, there's a vehicle driving. <laughs> You're good. I had I just had, I just had a plane drive fly over top of me. So <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, as luck would have it, um, um, my band and I just really stopped kind of, uh, making any forward momentum mm-hmm. and, and, uh, I, and an opportunity came up to work with my, with my current manager, um, who thought I should proceed as a solo act. And, you know, I had that conversation with my band. I told them, Hey, uh, you know, this guy reached out and he thinks I should do something alone. Uh, but I won't do it. If you guys uh, are serious about maybe moving to Nashville or, or doing something like that, and they're mm-hmm. like, nah, it's good, man. It sounds like something you want to do. It's more of a hobby for, for them, right? you know, right. Uh, and more of a passion for me. At least that's how I interpreted it. Um, and so, uh, so that was pretty much it. So I decided to, you know, I got their blessing and I went to do my own solo thing and linked up with my manager. And I had a couple of songs that he, uh, you know, got me in the studio to record uh, with a whole new band and, and, you know, and then we just kind of hit the ground running. And when the demand got great for me to keep playing more consistently, that's right. when I decided that if this is the trajectory that it's headed in, I should really make a decision. And my wife was like, well, yeah, quit being a cop. You know what I mean? Right. I know you want to do music. And that's what I did. So at what point, cause who, who, who's your manager? His name is Oscar Chavita. Okay. So at what point, so here's my question. Cause I, is, I was talking to Lexi about this before today and I just, and, and she mentioned that you're, you're being produced by Frank Rogers, who I, I, I believe is, is one of the best producers in this town. Yes, sir. Um, I agree. 
Um, so I, I'm, I'm curious. I want to know, because I know that he's on Spirit and you're on Spirit as well. Um, is that how you guys connected? For those of you who don't know who Frank Rogers, Frank Rogers pretty much produced all of Brad Pace's albums up until the most yeah. recent ones and most of Carrie's and most of 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 uh of Darius Rucker as well. Um and he yeah. and he and he wrote he he believe it or not, I just found out today he actually wrote the song Blow by Ed Sheeran, Chris Stapleton, and, and that's Bruno that's, Mars. Yeah, I was like, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And that was on Ed's. Uh, what that was on his his album. duets album. What did the duets yeah. album? Yeah, something six or something like that. Yeah, and this is like, like I'm like I saw it. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, I, that was a Nashville, right? Like, holy shit, dude. The thing about Frank is, uh, uh, he wears many hats, right? Right now, mm-hmm. currently the CEO of Spirit and Fluid Music Revolution, but uh, uh, he's he's a he's a kick ass producer. And and a and an incredible songwriter like mm-hmm. the guy can just do it all, and he knows when to put on which hat, when to take off which other one. So when he's in the room, the writing room, I mean, he's just he's there, involved and engaged, just as as much as every other person in there, if not more. And he's just really trying to craft the story and stuff. And it's really awesome to watch because you can see the production hat kind of come on as well when he's just like as we're writing the song he's like oh we could do this here we could do this here little stuff like that and so he's already kind of primed and ready when it when it comes time to get into the studio mm-hmm. uh and then sometimes when he needs to separate himself from that and just be ceo and boss for a little bit he he does that but yeah frank i have nothing but great things to say about frank man we could talk about frank this entire podcast but uh but how we came to know each other was that oscar and i were still kind of just we had just started working together and uh but we nashville was always the end goal but we started out in texas uh and as we made a buzz in texas and had some radio success the couple mm-hmm. of number ones uh with singles from the debut album uh, people started kind of keeping their people who are keeping the finger on the pulse here in nashville started kind of wondering all right well, we were hearing this name a lot uh and then we started working with a, a producer named steve dorf Hall of Famer. Uh, Hall of Famer. He did the biggest hit probably for him was, uh, I don't know if it's the biggest hit, but in country, I, I would say it was uh, I Cross My Heart. Yep. George Craig, right? Yep. Um, but he um, had opened up uh, the catalog of his late son, Andrew Dorf, who was also an incredible songwriter mm-hmm. in Nashville uh, while he was here. Um, and he was, you know, he opened up that catalog and, and uh, listened to some of my stuff and said, hey, well, I got a couple songs and he sent one over um, called Tequila Mockingbird that kind of got on my radar. And I was like, dude, I want to cut that. So we uh, came to Nashville and we cut it. And, uh, you know, we started meeting with different uh, uh, publicists and uh, publishers and, um, you know, people within the industry. uh, And we got encouraged to do a showcase. Um, And so we did that. We put a showcase on and, and Frank Rogers, the way he tells the story is that uh, usually they, you know, usually those things find their way to the garbage bin of the email system uh, because they get so many of them. Right. right. Unless there's something that really that interests them, uh, something interesting pops up, then they'll click on it. And mm-hmm. uh, apparently Frank had five minutes to kill that day and, and he likes the name Frank and he saw my name. So uh, uh, so he clicked on it and he was like, oh, there's a showcase going on. I mean, this guy sounds interesting. I'm going to go check him out. And he did. And that's kind of what started that 
that relationship. He invited us over to, uh, you know, to his office and uh, we sat down and talked and he's like, well, why don't you just come into town a couple of times and write with some of my people and we'll see where it goes. Now, granted, we were doing that on our own dime and, and mm-hmm. coming probably for the better part of a year and a half before I got offered a, a publishing deal for writing. So that's, that's uh, cra- it's crazy though, that it took him only five minutes to do that. He's a busy, for those, he's a busy motherfucker. He is a busy motherfucker, but it's, but what would, it's crazy to say what, what, what would have happened if he didn't have that five minutes to read an email? Man, I, I really don't know because there are so many, I mean, I think that relationship and, and that connection with Frank really played a, a, a large role in, in my uh, record deal as mm-hmm. well, because Frank is so respected within the industry and because I didn't necessarily have hit songs, you know what I mean? I was a songwriter, but I was still really green to the whole thing. You know, I had mm-hmm. just come off of 10 years of law enforcement. I'm still trying to figure it out uh, as, as every writer should every day. And, uh, um, but Frank, you know, and these guys that have been, in the game for a little bit. I mean, they knew that really all I was missing was some songs uh, and without, without Frank, I don't know if I would have ever gotten them, you know? Uh, right. I, I don't know. I don't know if I would have landed with a publisher. I don't know, you know, if that would have happened, but tequila mockingbird basically found its way on, onto new boots, uh, to Spotify playlist, mm-hmm. which at the time, um, before all the viral sensations of the TikTok and this and that, uh, was really hard to do, um, especially as an independent artist. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the VP of A&R over at Broken Bow came across my song and, uh, you know, clicked on my profile and stuff. And we just like, and she just called Oscar out of, you know, cold called him and said, yo, uh, everything that's come across the New Boots playlist or everything on the New Boots playlist at one point has come across our desk. And we know it's coming. You guys are the only ones on there that we have never heard of. What, what's your story? Where are you coming from? And so that relationship started. Uh, and again, I think because she had such a great relationship with Frank mm-hmm. and vice versa, uh, the pieces were there for us to be able to do something special. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, again, I don't know. I, I I go back and I think about this all the time, man, because it blows my mind how quickly this whole thing is sort of surfaced, um, you know, and had I never linked up with Oscar, uh, you know, I'd never get that debut album that, that got right. started in the Texas thing, you know, and Oscar's a, uh, has been my partner from the giggle. We've uh, built this thing from the ground up. And, you know, I just kind of go back and had I not met the people in my life, at the time that I met him in my life, yeah, I wouldn't be here. Right, now. right. It's absolutely crazy to think about. What are we smoking? Weed? No, these are cigars. That's what it is. Double check. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting deep. Yep, 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 yep. So I would, so I want, I want to talk about because, because you're not just Frank Ray, the artist. You're not just Frank Ray, the the, the former cop. You're yes, Frank sir. Ray, the dad. The Frank Ray, the husband. Yes, sir. Your wife Emily. You got two daughters. Yes, sir, I do. Okay. Uh, one just graduated high school? <laughs> She's about to in May. Isn't that crazy? Oh, Lord. Time I flies, know. doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. And people always always get the comment like, oh, well, you look too young to have an 18-year-old. And I was just like, well, I came from a small town. It was... <laughs> 
And, uh, and what can I say? As soon as I figured out what to do with it, that's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so clearly, there your pride and joy. That is that is hands down. You know, the yeah. the that your family is is your biggest award, your reward in life. Crown jewels, man. They uh they are the best thing I've ever done. Yeah. So so what's it like being in, in the Ray family? Uh, well. It's uh, it's chaotic. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it's chaotic, man. My my schedule. My wife, uh, God bless her, man. She has had to endure a lot as as all of this has progressed in 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 music industry. Uh-huh. Time it is going at lightning speed, even though uh-huh. it sometimes doesn't feel that way. It is moving at lightning speed, and we've had some big life changes, man. And uh, it takes a strong partner. Um, to be able to hold the fort down, so to speak, and, and not know whether I'm going to be home for the anniversary or if I'm going to be home for birthdays or recitals or you know, right. things like that. All these important things that uh, some people can have with a, with a normal, normal schedule. So um, uh, it is, it's a lot, man. Uh, we, we've moved a bunch of stuff, you know, we've made our Thanksgiving, you know, we've celebrated Thanksgiving uh, some other times prior like the week prior or the week after something like that you know we we make our own holidays when it suits my schedule I was about, I was about to say, how, so how many birthdays have you missed mm. uh a couple a couple but a with, couple. i don't know i don't necessarily know that i uh I, yeah i mean i wouldn't say i missed them because we still celebrated them yeah, but yeah I, right right yeah yeah the, had, the actual yeah. day of them like yeah. the celebration yeah. is a whole different story you're there for the celebration that's really that's really all that matters because that that yeah. is paying for that is paying for everything you know but <laughs> yeah. no, I, I've, I've missed a couple man i missed a couple yeah i've celebrated my anniversary on the day that's not my anniversary yet. Uh, things like that. I you mean, know, my wife's birthday is actually coming up here pretty soon, and I'm hoping that uh, nothing comes up so that we can <laughs> celebrate it together. But at the same time, I got to prepare. Um, you know, I prepare for the worst, and that sure, that's sure. what that's when they get that's when they get a better present, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but you know what's crazy is that um, even though it is chaotic, man, it's it's a beautiful mess. You know what I mean? It really mm-hmm. it, it's 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 awesome with with the success that we've had uh in the career and and my wife gets to celebrate all these victories with me you know what i mean all these things mm-hmm. yeah, that we get to do like this you know this lighter that i'm that i used to stoke up this uh thing it's, it says frank ray grand Ole opry wow. november 6 2021 like that was a big big moment um and my wife got to be there man it's you know pretty cool and uh you know god willing if, if things keep going well and we ever find ourselves at the uh, CMA red carpet or ACMs or something like that, man. She's going to be right there on my arm. And I'm really, that's, that's the really cool stuff that, um, that we get to be a part of, you know what I mean? As chaotic as it is, uh, it's all for something, um, that we're building. That's, that's so big. Um, and, and, and it makes a lot of people really, really proud that I'm, I'm excited to be a part of. And so how was, so how was the childhood for you? Oh, uh, like any other man, um, you know, I, I surrounded by, uh, you know, siblings and cousins and, you know, um, I feel like you're a big family guy, like, like, yeah. like meaning, meaning that you had a very large family growing up. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm Mexican, bro. We, <laughs> uh, we, we, we make babies. Okay. <laughs> 
Fucking like rat, fucking like rabbits over there. Look like rabbits. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what we do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, and, and, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's something that's uh, exclusive to the Mexican culture, right? Because, right. Right. Uh, Obviously, a lot. A lot of people have their, you know, their love for family and and, and stuff like that. Uh, but but it is it, for some. I mean, that's just the way we're raised, dude. Like family is everything. Even, you know, even when things are going bad or whatever, you're having it out like fam- it's all family. At the end of the day, that's all you got, man. If this music mm-hmm. thing crashed and burned tomorrow, like I still got my family. You know what I mean? How uh, many siblings do you have? I have uh, an older brother and three younger sisters. The fact that you're, the fact that your face made you like you had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I know, man. Well, Two of my younger sisters are from my dad's second marriage. Okay. Okay. Um, but you know, I have a lot of cousins too, and I look at them like brothers. I, yeah. So, so you, had, you, really, had to, you had you had to really like count down, like how yeah, many how many do I really have? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Who's a immediate? Yeah, who's immediate? Um, but yeah, man. But it's a uh, it's crazy, man. That yeah, I had great childhood, man. I that you know loved by a lot of people, and I love uh, a lot of people, and it's just uh you know you you feel that love, and everyone's always known that I could do the music thing, and everyone's always uh has have you know everyone's always encouraged that and it's just been really awesome to see it kind of blossom into what it is today it's been pretty cool so um musically who's influenced you oh man because i heard through the grapevine that you were a huge selena fan oh we're i am (laughs) (laughs) i'm a massive fan i love selena dude like that was actually my first uh real real crush you know Mm. what i mean when I first started thinking about that, I was like, whoa, who is that? And she's dancing. It's incredible. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Selena was one of those iconic, rare icons that, that, that comes through that that really goes through, uh, uh, you know, and, and really has an impact across different platforms. And that's really empowering uh, for, for any aspiring artist, you know, whether it's a male or female or whatever, you're just like, dude, I want to do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to be singing at the, uh, at, you know, in Houston, you know what I mean? At the Astrodome, just putting on that kind of a concert with that many people uh, singing back your songs. Um, but, you know, yeah, in, in, in the Mexican world that you could, I had, you know, the late Vicente Fernandez was a big, mm-hmm. um, influence of mine was the, uh, the probably he's the elvis of mariachi and ranchera music you know what mm-hmm. i mean um uh, but you know i grew up in in the 90s and obviously like more the late 90s mm-hmm. early 2000s i was listening to a bunch of usher and you know voiced men you know uh the tlc man i got a bunch of different influences on that front um you know and then on the countryside man i i've you know, shoot, you name it, dude. I, I love everybody in country music. Country music has always been to my core. Uh, the music that I've been a, uh, more attracted to, uh, the strongest. And, and uh, I, you know, I, I wish I could tell you why, but I mean, you, you think of all the greats like George Strait or Alan mm-hmm. Jackson. Again, I was in the nineties, all the hat acts, but Tracy Lawrence is probably one of my biggest influences, man. Have you met and him I, yet? No, dude, I, that's uh, that's on my list, man. It's on we my gotta list. Arrange, we gotta arrange that. I'll, I'll I'll help arrange that. I, I know some people who work with him, so I. I oh my gosh, dude, you would make my. We day. we gotta we gotta arrange that. that that's dude, something, I, it's that's so something that has to happen. Yeah, Tracy's just one of those guys, man. That it's such a unique voice, and then uh, just a great 
great ability to tell these stories. Um, and, and I thought he was honestly the king of the waltz or the, you know, anything in six, eight, or mm-hmm. three, four, uh, the ding, ding, get in. Mm-hmm. He could do that, man. Alibis, you know, uh, you name it, man. Like the guy was just, I, I just saw him for the first time live. Um, mm-hmm. he played at, um, Tortuga this past mm-hmm. year. Uh, I keep saying this year and it's really last year. Uh, <laughs> we are in 2022 now. Um, we, are here. We, yeah, we are here. We've made it. Uh, we've made it through 2020 and 2021, guys. <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> Surprisingly. Uh, a lot of tequila and a lot of cigars. A lot of tequila, a lot of cigars. <laughs> um, but I saw him play for the first time and, and it's crazy because as you get older, like your voice, obviously your voice starts to change, not in a bad way, not necessarily in a bad way or a good way. Just it just that's just progression of life. Sure. And there's only, there's been two people that I've seen live that sound exactly like if you were to listen to them in their prime or yeah. on a record. Lionel Richie <laughs> and Tracy Lawrence. That's crazy, man. Tracy Lawrence sound exactly the same. That I like, yeah. I thought, may, okay, maybe I'm listening to something on Spotify. Maybe I'm listening to Apple Music. Like, are they like, are, are, like, are they like, are they playing the actual track? I guess he lip singing. No, that's really him singing. He sounds the same. Um, so it's amazing to see when I saw that and I was like, oh shit! Like he, this yeah. is this, he's a legend. It, it gave me more more respect for who he was as performer. Oh, absolutely, man. It's just, he's just one of those guys. I can't wait to, I, I know it's going to happen. I know we're going to meet him. And if you can make that happen, let's do it, man. But I, man, I can just pick that guy's brain forever and just, uh, you know, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of, of, of Tracy's. Um, but, is, he, is he your, your uh, dream duet? Uh, he's up there. You know what I mean? Um, it, in country music, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's definitely up there, man. I would love to do something with Tracy. I think that that would be great, man. I, I'm thinking kind of off the top of my head if there's anybody else that really kind of comes to mind uh, right now, but uh, it escapes me. But Tracy's definitely up there, man. If I could ever do anything with George, too, George Strait, let's do it. I think if anyone can do anything with George Strait. <laughs> I, I got to shake his hand. I got to shake his hand at the iHeart Country Music Festival. Really? in Austin. Uh, and I was just, and, you know, we got pictures and stuff and I was like, dude, this is probably never going to happen again. Like never going to happen again. He's, he's walking down backstage and <clears throat> I caught him his, as he finished his performance and he was on his way back to his bus in the city. Hey, George, he did a song called the weight of the badge. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and I said, man, I thank you for doing that. You know, I was a police officer for 10 years and, you know, quit to do country music. And he goes, well, how's that working out for you? And I said, not nearly as good as it worked out for you, bud, but, uh, <laughs> You know, but I'm trying and uh, we shook hands and took a picture and uh, and that was pretty much it. That was my exchange with with George Strait. But I was just like, man, that that might never happen again. That, that is that is one guy I do want to meet. Uh, I had a freak out moment with Reba. Um, mm, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. At a stoplight. At a stoplight. <laughs> yeah. Huck my horn like a madman. I was that crazy fan. Um I'm glad I was, you know, though. here's the thing. I'm glad I got out of my system because if I had done that, like at an industry event or it would have been a little bit embarrassing. Um, take, a, all right, take it easy, bro. Yeah. You know, security would probably throw me out. Um, 
<laughs> but you know, I'm glad I got out of my sister. So it's like, but that's like me and legend. I was just in a, in a separate car looking at her and she rode over to the hi, baby. Have a good night, baby. And <laughs> back, back at you. Back at you. Back at you. Like change. Back at you. You, you like cigars? <laughs> <laughs> That's killer, man. You know, yeah. Oscar's Oscar's a uh, one of those guys that kind of helped me get out of my comfort zone, right? And and approaching some of these artists that I wouldn't normally mm-hmm. approach or put myself in situations that I wouldn't normally do. And it started one time we were doing a tracking session um, um, with Steve Dorf. Mm-hmm. We were at Curb Studio, and uh, Clint Black was coming in to talk to Steve about some string arrangement that he was going to do with some orchestra or something like that. Right. <clears throat> and so Steve said, Hey, we're taking a break. Uh, if it's cool with you, Clint wants to stop by. And I was like, yeah, totally. So I'm just kind of hanging out there and Clint's giving Steve a hard time. You know, they go way back and, and Clint just starts kind of playing on the guitar, man. And it was just something that people pay thousands of dollars to watch. You know right. I mean? And I'm sitting there in the control room, watching him do his thing. And then I'm sitting next to Oscar and Oscar leans over to me and he goes, you should ask him if he wants to hear one of your songs play him a song. I was like, no, man, I can't. It's just weird. And then he leans over again. He goes, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. (laughs) So I waited till Clint was done playing one song and there was a brief gap, like a moment of silence. And, and I just stepped in and I said, Hey man, do you mind if I play some for you? He's like, please do. And I sat down and got to play a song uh, for Clint. And it was a, it was a pretty awesome moment, man. That's cool. After that, I was just like, man, there are opportunities like that, that are, that come few far in between. Uh, and, and you got to capitalize and, you know, mean George straight and kind of almost ambushing him backstage was one of those. I was like, dude, I, I might never see George straight again. You know what I mean? Or and at, that, at least I mean, be it, close that's, that's so true because it's like, I had this conversation with someone this morning about if you, you, you don't, you get opportunities and some are, some of them are like, they slap you in your face opportunities where, okay, you have to take it. Exactly. But then some of them are, you have to make the opportunity for yourself. And if you don't make that opportunity for yourself, no one else is going to do it for you. 100%. 100%. Man. I mean, it's sort of been the theme of my life for the last four years. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, um, you know, like, uh, you know, this whole music thing doesn't happen if I don't decide to quit my job. And Oscar, uh, you know, uh, he really very badly wanted to tell me to quit. But we had just started working together. Not only, I mean, probably two or three weeks working together. And he knew what he could do um, Mm -hmm. from a a business aspect. Right. Uh, But he, he couldn't really force my hand to quit my job that had to be something that came from within you know right. what i mean um but and the first time i talked to him about it i said hey man i'm thinking about quitting my job and he's like man i can't tell you i've been waiting to tell you that for a couple of weeks you know what i mean but you know i can't yeah you, know, you have a family to support and i can't mm-hmm. promise you anything i can't promise you x amount of dollars in your pocket i can't promise you steady gigs like this is going to be an investment it's going to be a risk and it's got to be something that you're willing to do you know what I mean? And so talking about creating those moments or seizing mm-hmm. those opportunities, they have to come from within because no one else is going to give it to you. Right. There's a wealth, a wealth of talented songwriters and singers 
in Nashville alone, mind you, the rest of the world, right? That if if you sleep on it, someone will someone's waiting in line, man. And and I mean, and, and, and in your case, no bullshit. That in no bullshit in reality is that if you were to fall flat on your face at that point in time, you can always go back to being a cop. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that was in, in my mind that that was the justification for me doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, you granted, can always go back. Yeah. Granted, I was just like, <clears throat> I need I need to just dive in. I need to go all in, because if I don't, I'll have this little nest egg or something, you know, that I feel is a safety net. And I was right. just like, man, I, yeah, I'm just going to quit. I'm just going to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, right. And that's what it was. That's what you, took that, you took the job. You took the job. And, you, and your parachute came out. Now you're flying high. <laughs> it certainly feels that way, man. I'm, I'm waiting for my uh, waiting for my heat to my, my feet to hit the ground. <laughs> so, so what's been, <clears throat> what's been, hold on. I'm just sipping tequila. Hang on. Go ahead. Get after it. Okay. What's been, um, what's been your biggest reward behind this? Behind everything, besides sign a deal, because obviously that's it. But what in your mind, yeah. what 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 what's your biggest reward that you've got from this? Um my biggest reward uh has probably been able to put food on the table and pay the bills, providing for my family, mm-hmm. doing what I love to do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um that 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 really is uh, when i was a kid i wanted to be famous right i wanted to mm-hmm. be garth brooks flying across texas stadium right mm-hmm. on a wire or something like that just put it on a hell of a show you want that adoration you want that you know you want those fans screaming back at you like that was that was it right you're just like yeah, right. i want to do on fame with the fortune when you're a kid you're kind of naive to that and then uh um as I got older and I got some more life experience and I found the love of my life and I, yeah, we have our kids and stuff. I'm thinking like, this is, this is so much more than, than a job, right? This is a passion. And to be able to do that and get compensated for it to provide for my family, right? I work really, really hard right. at the end of the day to set my family up for life. That's what my goal is. Um, and to be able to to make a, a a good living, you know, getting up there and playing songs, playing country music, man, that's that's the biggest reward for me. You know what I mean? Um, and 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 uh, in some sense, it's also being able to have some sort of on the other on the other foot is like being able to show in real time, the results of our hard work to the people that have confided in us or put faith in us, i.e. Oscar, right. Or Frank Rogers, uh, or the label people that are just like, Hey, we're willing to bet on you. You know what I mean? Uh, and so as the song continues to do well on country radio charts or, well, you know, we, we, we get all these different, uh, um, spotlights, like whether it's, um, you know, artists to watch for CMT, you know, 2022 or Amazon or Pandora or something like mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? It's the Grand Ole Opry. It's these big moments and these big kind of accolades that you get to tell um, the people that put faith in you uh, that, hey, we're, we're doing something right. And, you know, you get to kind of pay them back in that sense. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's really awesome to, to watch. I, I always I always I always tell people. <clears throat> 
success the success and the hard work there is also the hard work is a thank you to everyone who supported you and a fuck you to everyone who told you no (laughs) (laughs) yeah man (laughs) i'm not above saying that man (laughs) it it, it really is there are a lot of people that that that, that doubt what you do and i i've been fortunate enough to to have the support of a lot of friends and family. And I'd be lying if I said everybody thought I was making the right choice. Some people were just like, you're out of your damn mind, boy. If you think you're going to right. quit a steady gig and go and busk on the streets in Nashville or something. But, uh, and on that, even on the industry side of things, you know what I mean? I wouldn't have never say who, but there've been a lot of people that closed the door in my face and just thinking like, Hey, we don't have enough bandwidth for you, man. So here's my question on that. Cause this is, this is cause I've asked a previous artist about this as well. And <clears throat> I know how it is for me being a minority in, in country music. So have you had the door slammed in your face because you're a minority? Have, has that ever been a reason for you? I've never felt that. Okay. Um, has it ever been told to you? Uh, no. Um, again, I, I can't speak for what people, you know. Right, I'm, right, I'm, right. Outside of that, I, I, right. I, I always, I, I always have like that's always kind of my first inclination um, when when something like that happens. But then part of me is also thinking, just like, well. I don't know. Maybe I, maybe I'm just, uh, I'm overthinking that uh, it's nothing's ever been said to me blatantly, which makes me feel like I'm being discriminated against or anything. Like right. That. Right. But then you, 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 but you know, damn man, you, you gotta, you gotta be honest. Right. And, and uh, I'd be lying if I said that the industry wasn't saturated with Caucasian artists, you know what I mean? Right. Be it male or female. Right. I, I imagine it's the same way that female artists feel about male artists. Just like, Correct. whoa, what's going on here, dude? Like, let's get some equal play and this and that. But you see the you see the genre and you see the industry start to expand and diversify, uh, especially within this last year. You've seen mm-hmm. a growth and, and there's definitely an effort there. And maybe that's all that really people needed was just kind of this light bulb to go off and be like, oh, snap. You know what I mean? Like. Market is sat- saturated. Like, saturated. And it's, it's crazy because now it's like, I, I, I totally agree with you because I, I think that now when you call someone out, I think what I, what I think is that it's been, un- I'm going to so get in trouble for saying this. <laughs> well, how do you think I feel? No. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm getting I'm getting ready to get in trouble for saying this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I don't think that it's been completely intentional. I think that it I think that it's been I think that what I think that people vocalizing and calling people out and calling industries out on shit, as you said, was a it was a light bulb to say oh shit, maybe we were doing this and not realizing it, or maybe we're doing this and now we're called out for it. Now we're really like, we need to hone down on this. So yeah, it's, it's more implicit as it is intentional. You know yes, what I mean? Just like, yes. Uh, and I, and I think, and, and again, I would never take anything away from the artists mm-hmm. uh, that have gotten deals or had success on country mm-hmm. radio or whatever, uh, as a result of their, of their race, you know, they're, they're they, they got it because they're, a talented, they got mm-hmm. the song, 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? They got the team. They got the they got the work. So hey, by by all means, my hats off to you, man. Right. Uh, but it, it, I guess I can I can only speak specifically to the Hispanic community, right? Right. The Mexican community. Why has it been that long? It's not for discriminatory purposes. Maybe it's just timing. You know what I mean? Right. It's been a long time. Do you think Rick Trevino was probably the most recent? Mm-hmm. If you think about it, I mean, there's and there's no shortage of Mexican artists out there. There's Hispanic right. artists out there. There's not. Now you got me. You got uh, Cat and Alex. You know, right. We're, right. We're a great Latin duo, um, and we're starting to emerge, and, and people are starting to kind of take notice. You know what I mean? Um, and I guess, like from my own personal experience, when we talk about this, maybe it was unknowing, right? Knowingly, I was in a meeting one time, and, and somebody asked me. Uh, they're like, Hey, uh, all right, you got the ball cap, man. You got the beard, you got the skinny jeans. Like what separates you or what makes you different from everybody else? And I was like, yo, <laughs> just looking at myself, kind of looking at my arm and stuff and maybe the pigment in my skin. I was just like, Hey, and, uh, and said person was just like, well, that shouldn't matter though. Right. And I was like, you're right. It shouldn't, but show me any other artist out there that looks like me, you know what I mean? Uh, from my community. Right. And I was, and I was like, okay, but I'll, I'll do you one more. I said, uh, if that's, if it's, that's not all it is, right. If that's not all it is, um, there is a different influence and different vibe that I bring to the table musically because mm-hmm. of my culture, my upbringing. Right. Let me showcase that. And it wasn't until I figured that out, and, and I got the right team and I got with Frank Rogers and I expressed it. This is what I want to do. I don't want to sound like, uh, you know, Taco Cabana or something like that. You know what I mean? Right. right. I want to sound like that. I don't want it to sound like a Jimmy Buffett esque because that's what people really, that's what people think of when they think of, Oh, the Latin vibe in country music. They right. Think Kenny Chesney, the beachy kind of vibe or, 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 or Jimmy Buffett or, stuff like that or even with it's not a new idea in country music you know what i mean i was just like there's a different flavor you could put on it and right so that's that's why i got songs like street lights you know what i mean right like street was one of the, it was one of those things where i was just like all right i'm gonna show you what makes me different if if looking at me doesn't say it enough mm-hmm. you know what i mean let's uh i'm gonna show you why it's different not just because i'm brown don't look at me because i'm brown don't look at me because i'm hispanic you know what i mean look at me because of the influence that we're bringing into the genre mm-hmm. with this flavor and uh it, you know it's again un, unbeknownst to people it's just it happens mm-hmm. Because they're just like, hey, this is a safer bet. And the proof is in the pudding. You know what I mean? Like they, they can they can make some money off of someone, you know, from Georgia or whatever. And be like, hey, here's another Georgia boy. Right. You know, and, and we, we know we have a market for that. Don't know how the Latin market's going to work here. But that, yeah, it's, it's definitely it's definitely been. It's also because, like you said, like, as you said, you just pointed out, it, it's also because of a lack of research. You know, yeah, le- it's a lack of market research. You don't know. You, you really don't because. And it's understandably so because of what we have, what we have to market to people. That's that's, prim- that's primarily been the market for country music, and yeah. and, and like and you know and, and they, don't, they don't really understand, which is fine. It's understandable, and we've made two. We've made big steps. I'm not gonna lie. We've made gigantic fucking steps uh, in this industry. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I was just, I'm, I've been curious about that. 
and, and how and how you thought about that. And you know what's crazy, man, is I don't even I don't I I've never taken it like a chip on my shoulder sort of thing. Right. I've always taken it of like as holding the torch, right? Mm-hmm. Um, holding the torch like Freddie Fender did, mm-hmm. Johnny Rodriguez did, Rick Trevino, Emilio Navaira, all these artists that they had a big impact in country music. Um, and it, they that torch has got it. It's still lit. Just needed mm-hmm. to be passed down to somebody. Mm-hmm. And if I get to be that artist, well, yeah, fucking a right, dude. I want to I want to carry that with pride and with honor. You know what I mean? But I love country music. I love the industry. I love the community. It's been awesome. Uh, and I'm I'm just I'm just proud to be able to. You know, I'm just proud to be able to leave my mark and put my little stamp on it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. if it if it works out, um, if it works out you know, better than things already gone, uh, then great. And if it comes down to it, like, um, you know, and I, I need to, I need to hand that, pass that torch down. Like, I hope, I hope I, I was able to do that. Like other artists were able to do that for me. Yeah. All right. One last, one last question before we wrap up here. Um, I won't take too much of you more of your time, but, um, where do you see yourself in five years? Five years. Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, well, listen, I, I will say um, that touring has gotten a lot crazier. It's been really awesome. Uh, I, I would love to see that kind of grow on a grander scale, mm-hmm. whether I'm jumping on a big tour with somebody, whether it's a label mate or, or somebody that, that, that it, you know, the plan fits with. Um, and then eventually I'd like to be headlining tours. And um, I definitely like to, uh, uh, keep making a regular appearance at the Grand Ole Opry because that was probably one of the greatest nights of my life uh, musically. Um, um, but yeah, man, I think uh, I'd like I'd like to see my music come out and 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 uh, keep having an impact on country radio, whether whether that's in in the uh, sense of uh, a couple of hits under my belt by that time mm-hmm. that would be awesome um but yeah definitely definitely having c- continued success on country radio uh jumping on a major tour with somebody if not headlining my own mm-hmm. um where people are actually showing up because they want to see the, the performance and they want to go through the experience as well um and then just continuing to write man and expanding on that craft uh, it's one of my favorite things to do uh, pastime wise is just being able to sit down and write songs and, 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 you know, keep building new friendships, uh, within the community, man. I've, I've been really fortunate, uh, over 2021 to play a bunch of different, uh, shows and stuff with artists that I've looked up to, uh, that now I've got their phone number, you know, saved. And it's like, damn, man, I want to keep doing that. Cause that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. It, it almost feels like you get to sit at the cool kids table. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm really looking forward to those relationships and just building, building more friendships and, and, uh, and making a mark in country music, man. Well, you're on your way. You're on your way to doing that, sir. You're on your way to doing that. Um, like this has been super fun, man. I hope we get to do it again. If you uh, we're going to definitely do it again for sure. Yeah. We never want to do that, but <laughs> things like this, it's really fun and chill, man. It, uh, it, it's, uh, it's really, we'll awesome. do it in person next time. We'll do yeah, it in person. We'll do it in person next time and have some cigars and some, and some, some whiskey or some tequila. Basically some tequila, oh, really. I, I got you. I got you covered, man. I'm <laughs> you, I, got, 
I got plenty of these uh, Cantera Negra bottles too. If you can't find one near you, I'll bring you. I'll bring you a bottle. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna have to pick you up on that one for sure. Oh, sooner sure. than later. Brother. Sooner than later. Sooner than later. It's been a great interview. Uh, thank you so much, uh, ladies you. and gentlemen. This is y'all. If you haven't, go check out Frank Ray. I promise you, you will not fucking regret it. <laughs> Let's go. Girl. Let's go. You're listening to The Smoking Section. Powered by Symphonic.